0: to another episode of space flicks this is uh the podcast where we review a movie and decide if it's worth the cost of beaming out to a lonely astronaut in space and today we're talking about the movie nobody starring bob odenkirk
1: insert uh who's on first joke here right
0: <laughs> well, well that's very half-baked adam <laughs> you oh, saying it's less
1: it's less than half baked it's, it's a like, quarter baked
0: yeah um, um it, it was just it was just briefly tossed into the oven and immediately removed
1: i think it was more yeah the ingredients were like i i got the ingredients out and uh-huh. then just put them walked away,
0: away. <laughs> <laughs> um so uh yeah nobody it, it's this is not a super recent movie when, when did this come out like early 2021 i want to say Oh uh, yeah. At least a few months ago, maybe yes. several months yeah, ago.
1: Yeah, not it's not uh, very recent. March 26th is when it came out. So a few months yeah.
0: old. But we but I think this I think we decided to watch this because um, we agreed to watch Gunpowder Milkshake, which we did an episode about last time. That was our last episode and we just sort of this was a movie we talked about a while back and it was like, I would watch that. That looked pretty interesting and we just decided this would be a good complement to that, right? is is kind of the gist of it
1: yeah i think if um it, 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 put it this way i think we're we're sort of going through a period of like let's watch some hyper violent movies and like talk about why <laughs> one is successful and maybe another one is less successful and so
0: yeah apparently um, we are that I, I guess that's what we're doing right now. i don't huh? think
1: we would i don't think we would have volu- like at, thought about doing this movie if it didn't serve as like a useful comparison point for something else we were doing. So is this, it is,
0: is this a foil? Is this a foil? I don't think I have a great grasp of that word.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say that it is a foil and okay. if we just keep using it in <laughs> in that way, it will be right. Yeah, there. just as
0: the discussion goes on, it'll be like classic foil. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm, yes.
0: <laughs> exactly we, what you expect from a, a foil. A word
1: I definitely understand and know how to use.
0: Um, well anyway, Adam, why don't you why don't you kick us off on this discussion by Given us the the lowdown. What's the synopsis for nobody?
1: A bystander who intervenes to help a woman being harassed by a group of men becomes the target of a vengeful drug lord.
0: There you have it. Um, I'll offer my alternate take because I think Gunpowder Milkshake was uh, John Wick with with women, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody is like John Wick with Bob Odenkirk, right? Right. <laughs> Yeah, um, you know that's that's kind of the elevator pitch, if if you will. Um, I'm actually not super familiar with Bob Odenkirk. I I, I, I certainly know of him. Um, like I, I didn't watch Better Call Saul or uh, Breaking Bad, for that matter. Okay, yeah. Um, so I, I think he's. I know he has a background, and wasn't it was it Mr. Show? There's some comedy. He he has like a yeah. beloved comedy sort of background as well.
1: Yeah, that's right. He was on Mr. Show with David Cross on HBO. That's a very, you know, influential sketch comedy yeah. show. And that was sort of, you know. And he his, was like a writer
0: on SNL before that, I think. That's right. If I'm not he mistaken.
1: Was, yeah, he wrote the. Um, the the one with Chris Farley as like an as like a life coach, like an inspirational life coach living in a van by the river. Living in a van down by the river. Right. Like so he <laughs> yeah. yeah, he he's already sort of like a first ballot hall of famer as far as like right. just his comedy like contributions. Um and so but then, but then
0: he's had like a he he's he's opened a new chapter as as a legit actor and I think has gained a lot of respect as oh he's actually got you know, really good dramatic chops. Right.
1: That's right. Yeah. I think, I mean, and he had certainly been in various, you know, comedies and things over time, but yeah, breaking bad was for sure. Sort of like the big dramatic pivot for him. Mm -hmm. And, and since then, I mean, he's been in a number of, um, a number of sort of serious films. Like, um, he was in little women. He was in little women, which I did see, um, Mm -hmm. eventually, uh, (laughs) Uh, actually I finished it very recently. Uh, he was in the, the post. Um, he That's was right. in, Yeah. Uh, he's been in some other comedies like long shot. Um, but you I know. think what
0: it is is I've actually, I have seen him quite a bit. I've seen him in a lot of these more recent roles, but it's like, I don't know the, his main, you know, if you were to sort of list his top accomplishments, you know, it's like I haven't seen the top 2 or 3. <laughs> so right, I feel right. I feel like there's a huge gap for me. I don't know Mr. Show. I don't know Breaking Bad or, or Better Call Saul. Right. Um so I'm like I just know that he is really really respected for some of some of those things that he's done, but I I only know him for the things that would be considered less impactful still. Still some of these things are really, you know, yeah. high quality yeah. um artistic works, but uh but anyway, so I didn't know him too well and I certainly don't know Ilya Naischuler, the director, right, or yep. Derek Kolstad, the writer. So, in my mind, this is maybe like a spiritual uh, relative to John Wick, but I'm not sure if any of the creative people involved had any uh, came from that movie. It just seems like a it's in the same it's in this new genre that John Wick has sort of created, right?
1: Well, to be clear, Derek Kolstad. Is the writer of John Wick chapters. Ah. Uh, all of them actually. He wrote John okay, Wick. Okay, so
0: it's by one, the writer of John Wick. Gotcha.
1: And nobody was also produced by David Leach.
0: Okay, so it totally has. Okay. So then I'm 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 not crazy. I think probably from you know some TV spots or trailers or something, I had in my head that this movie was sort of more closely related like had more shared dna with john wick than yeah. say gunpowder milkshake did right and i i was not wrong There there is more in common there
1: yeah for sure i mean yeah this movie from like a production perspective and from a writing perspective this mm-hmm. has all of like that that dna in there i don't know yep. about like the stunt coordination necessarily or some of the other yeah, aspects it's not like of the same filmmaking. full
0: team but there's but there's some key key roles that right. are the same. Um okay, well good to know. Uh let's let's talk first impressions, no, uh, expectations and first impressions. So you want to go first like what did you expect from this movie given what you knew about the people involved and what was your first takeaway?
1: Uh so what I expected was uh very much something like in the in the same way that we sort of like just hit play and hoped for the best with gunpowder milkshake. Uh, this, I had a much higher degree of like confidence in, right. Cause I was mm-hmm. like, cause I knew that some of the actual people who were involved in the wick franchise were involved in this. And I was like, and I just sort of generally uh, having seen like a lot of things that Bob Odenkirk has been in and, especially, you know, including the dramatic stuff and generally have really liked it. I, mm-hmm. at this point just sort of like, trust his taste, right? I'm sort of like, oh, if he's choosing to be in something, it's probably got a pretty good shot at being pretty good. Um, Right. And so those things combined, I was like, I like this team of people who make movies for the obvious reasons that we've talked about. I like Bob Odenkirk. The trailer is good, right? Like the trailer to this movie is just like straight up good. It's a little bit, um, odd, Right, it, mm-hmm. it feels a little bit foreign because it's like I'm not used to this combination of ingredients, right? Right. Like I like sardines and I like pizza, but I'm not used to the two <laughs> things together, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but lo and behold, in this particular case, I, I, you know, once I for get those who over haven't that,
0: seen the trailer for this movie, it's just a, it's just a lingering shot on a pizza with sardines on it.
1: That's right. Yes, and in this metaphor, so Adam,
0: Adam oh, was speaking very literally just now.
1: Yes, in this metaphor, Odenkirk is sardines. And uh, the the movie very clearly uh, decides to to leverage his uh, high protein power. This metaphor is falling apart rapidly. <laughs> um, and so, but yeah, you, but
0: you had higher expectations than for Gunpowder Milkshake, clearly. Yeah, um, gun- were, were you, were, do you think you were expecting like on par with John Wick? What, how, how would you how would you compare your expectations to you know going into like a John Wick four, for example?
1: My my my. Expe- my uh, they were lower than they are for mm-hmm. John Wick because uh i had not, not Keanu seen Keanu I had not seen <laughs> Odin Kirk as an action hero like Keanu Reeves in an action movie you can believe it this is neo right like you can just yeah that's sort of, like
0: his comfort zone right you're like, like i know he no can do
1: this right <laughs> yeah. yeah right um Odin Kirk You know, this is, like, now we are now, like, two significant degrees away from what I consider to be his comfort zone, right? Mm. Because, like, I consider his comfort zone to be, like, really silly, absurd comedies, right? right? And it was already considered to be a little bit of a stretch, or a pretty big stretch, actually, when he was doing, like, Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. But it was, Mm -hmm. like, but he was a very sort of, um, in Breaking Bad, especially, like, a sort of... um, a way to cut the tension. He was like a lighter character mm, and was very w- wise cracky,
0: Right. Yeah, yeah. And
1: so it's sort of like, okay, this, they're using him in this very serious show to like lighten the mood sometimes. Right. And that doesn't mean he didn't have serious moments in that show, but it was still like, okay, I can see the connection between what he's doing here and what I am accustomed to him doing. Right. Yeah. Whereas this great?
0: felt like more of a leap.
1: It, it's a leap it, that now you're leaping from his like, his the most serious stuff he does in Breaking Bad to, like, very dark, right? Like, very dark, very violent. And like, action
0: star. Yeah. yeah,
1: And it's just sort of like, I don't know what to expect of this guy in this circumstance. And my fear. Yeah, and,
0: and it's safe to say, I mean, I assume there had not been any, like, physicality to the work he had done previously. Right? Zero. Zero like like, zero. like i'm i'm sort of imagining like what if you found out that there was a new movie and like tom hanks was like an action star right <laughs> or like tim robin like some some actor that you're like that's a good actor but i've never right. seen him do anything like super physical so right. th- this just feels like a totally new muscle to s- to sort of exercise for them right
1: Totally. I mean, like better call Saul. In fact, like one of the, I actually, um, struggled with that show a bit more than I think the average bear. Um, because in, as an example, like in the second season of the show, there's like one of the most significant plot lines involves entirely around like an elder care scandal. Right. <laughs> and it's like, someone is like, can, you know, embezzling or whatever from like, uh, a senior citizen like a, a retirement community or something and i'm just and like that is the main plot right and I'm and you're sort of just like
0: this is inherently boring this
1: is a little <laughs> sleepy for me right yeah, and they're, yeah. they're, i think they're you know and other folks who are more well-versed in the show are like well that's just a minor dip and then it really takes off from there but you know mm. what i mean like but that's sort of what i associated him with is like this very talky very sort of sedentary kind yeah. of like um Situ- like situation that he would find himself in, and which,
0: shows. which, which to get ahead of, to get ahead of ourselves a little bit. I think this movie very much plays on right because that's kind of the, the that's in the mo- the world of the movie. Yes, he the person he starts out being, everyone's like he's he's the guy that no one could picture getting in a fight or right. you know being deadly.
1: And I think that's part of the joy, which of is the basically movie.
0: the premise of the movie, <laughs>
1: yeah. right? But also, it's like, um, I later learned after watching the movie that Odenkirk pitched this premise to, like, Derek Kolstad and David Leach.
0: When you say you learned this after watching the movie, is it because... Amazon Prime showed you that piece of information at the end of the movie.
1: Oh, I don't even remember. I don't remember how I
0: because <laughs> that's how I learned that piece okay. of it. It was like after the movie ended, Amazon Prime shows just like fun facts about the movie. <laughs> you know, it's like oh, okay, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, yeah, This this was based on Bob Odenkirk, you know, having an experience and you know having an idea basically for 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 the premise. Yeah, so.
1: and and so so it's like baked into the DNA. It's not like stunt casting you know what I Mm -hmm. mean it's not like they're like they had this movie and they're like oh it'd be crazy if we cast Odenkirk in it no it was
0: like his idea it's like
1: no no no. it it has to be this way because this is sort of fundamentally the idea right Right. is that
0: it's almost like Bob Odenkirk had the idea of just like what if I was in an action movie (laughs) (laughs) right that's the whole idea yeah yeah Um, but we're but 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 hold on let's let's just let's get this out of the way first impressions. So we kind of established your expectations. What'd you think of this movie? Like so when the credits rolled,
1: my worries were unfounded, right? I thought it was great. I thought like, it wasn't like, Oh, it's a good action movie for Bob Odenkirk. I, that was sort mm-hmm. of my, that was sort mm-hmm. of my like worry was I was like, I'm going to have to grade this on a curve because it's going to have to like <laughs> cut around the fact that yeah, like a near 60 yeah. year old man is like doing this stuff. Right. Yeah.
0: No, I think it I think it leans into that in a really cool way. Um, there, there's there's action scenes in this movie. It, we'll get into it more as we get further in the conversation. But that are really satisfying to me in a way yeah. that that, you know, an action scene with Keanu Reeves isn't. Um, yeah. And I don't mean that it's better because I, I really do think John Wick is like the gold standard. Right. Um, But it's just it's it's satisfying in a different way is my point.
1: Yeah. I think um, this does have some things that remind me, for example, of like Die Hard, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like, uh, John. I've never
0: seen Die Hard.
1: Oh, my goodness. Oh, Can we you gotta believe do, that? We got to do a... Uh, let's I do Die Hard next. Yeah, let's seriously do Die Hard next. I'm uh, down. Uh, well, I won't... I really need s- an
0: excuse to watch that movie. It's like, it's like one of those, I obviously need to see this movie, but it's just like never... <laughs> oh, know, it's, I've never found um, the right the right excuse to to just sit down and watch it but Tremend- it's are. a
1: tremendous film um so uh I, I don't think i'm spoiling much when i say like john mcclain in that movie the 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 main character uh like feels pain you know what i mean like he gets yeah, hurt yeah I,
0: I do i do know that much just from people talking about die hard that he's he's sort of like your um what I guess anti hero is not the right term, it's but it's like not your typical action hero, in that he's, yeah, he's, he's not like this courageous, fearless, you know, badass. It's more like he's, he's trying to like avoid getting hurt and, and that kind of thing. And he's very vulnerable, and, and right, that's like that's what I've heard about the movie, anyway.
1: Have you seen, for example, like Jack Reacher, the Tom Cruise movie? Uh-huh. Yeah. So like that's the opposite. Right. That's a person right. who is like incapable of being harmed because he's so great at everything. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's that type of thing is less interesting because it's sort of like w- w- who ca- who cares. Right. This person is just going to get out of every jam without really breaking a sweat. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I I think I generally prefer somebody more on like the Bruce Willis and die hard or even like Jackie Chan side of Mm -hmm. the spectrum, which is like, Mm -hmm. he's going to get hit. He's going to get hurt. He's going to hurt himself. Sometimes like it's, there's like imperfection in here. Right. Which is more interesting to watch than, you know, perfection, which is, um, so at any rate, like, so I think they did a great job of both making him seem like hyper competent, but still like human, you Mm -hmm. know, um, And so, I mean, I know it's wildly unrealistic, but like within the world (laughs) of the movie, like it, it plays, you know, it doesn't, it's, it wasn't ever like distracting.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I think my expectations were, I I think you and I are pretty much in sync on this movie. My my expectations were similar to yours. It was like, I bet it's going to be pretty cool. Not, not as awesome as John Wick, but maybe yeah. like sort of Atomic Blonde. It, it's like, in my mind, it's like top tier is John Wick. And then mm-hmm. you've got these, which makes perfect, like what I'm about to say is just so predictable based on mm-hmm. what you know on paper, right? Because yeah. then you've got movies like Atomic Blonde and Nobody, where like some of the creative team from John Wick were involved. <laughs> and they're still really good. They're like not quite as good, but they're still really good. And then you've got like gunpowder milkshake, which is like just an imitation, basically by totally different people. Yeah, and it's like not as good, you know. Right, <laughs> um, right. So I see this. I see this formula so far proving to be a pretty reliable, uh, you yeah, know, a re- pretty safe bet. Um, but I too quite enjoyed the movie. I liked it a lot. Something we can get into when we get to sort of like the fix the movie realm is I. I do personally feel that. It, it sort of got derailed in the third act for me. Okay, it was like the the beginning and middle were super strong, and yes. I was and I was really like you know bought in, yes, uh, and, and hooked. And by the time it leads to you know by the time it kind of culminates in the the big finale and how the story concludes, it, to me it it lost a little bit of its charm because. Um, and this is very typical, right? Um, uh, just like a movie needs to kind of go for a big climax. Um, right. and this movie is no exception. And often what that, what that feels like is the movie becomes a little bit less unique and becomes a little bit like other movies in the genre because right. it's like, we're trying to give audiences what they want basically. Yeah. Yeah, the, the same so,
1: way that for example like every marvel movie and totally with like the giant cgi fight and or just every or superhero movie right? yeah right yeah it's like
0: like wonder woman i think was similar like that movie was so such a refreshing like different kind of superhero movie kind of yeah. until the final battle and then you're like now it's like every other superhero movie right right, right. um um so so I do feel like that applies to this movie a little bit. Um, I think the, the end was just not super interesting to me. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, that's, it does, it doesn't ruin the movie for me by any stretch. I, it was, it was overall like a great watch and the end was still entertaining. Don't get me wrong. I was yeah. still like, yeah, this is fun, but, <laughs> right. but also just, this is just like, I could have, the ending felt like, you know, you could randomly tune into an action movie. um, if you're just like channel surfing, you know, back when that was a thing, back when that was a thing that people did yeah, and you'd just catch this and you'd just be like, Oh, generic action movie. Cool. I'll just watch this gunfight, you know, whatever. Yeah, for (laughs) Um, sure. And it wouldn't feel different. Uh, Like I I wouldn't say like, Oh, this is a, this is, they're doing something really unique here. I'd just be like, Oh yeah, big, big gunfight, you know, normal.
1: Certainly competently done. You know what I mean? Like with some
0: enjoyable moments. Yeah.
1: Yeah, cre- like creatively choreographed and competently done, albeit not I think as inventive or interesting as like the many scenes that preceded it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um so that that's that's those are my those are my overall first impressions of like it was I thought it was really good, not as good as a as a, you know, not not the Creme de la Creme, not John Wick, but um very close probably probably on par with atomic blonde for me and the third act was was you know it kind of it, it didn't end with a bang I guess is the problem I always prefer for a movie to end with a bang as opposed to a whimper this one right. ended a little bit more with a whimper to me um, but uh, you know we've talked about this before like I think for some people if a movie doesn't end strong it can really kind of ruin the whole experience but that's yeah. not true for me Um right. There's other movies that I thought like were great until the ending. And then you're like, oh, it didn't stick the landing. Whatever. I still loved it. You know, like The Vast of Night. I remember feeling a little bit that way about. Right. Um, uh, <laughs> a movie we, we never reviewed, but you actually referenced, I think, just very recently, uh, The Game by David yeah. Fincher. Yeah. I remember that's another one where I was just like so strong up until the end. And then you're like, oh, that was dumb. But whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I still loved it overall yeah um uh so this movie's like in that category for me like i didn't and i i, I guess i'm it's maybe not a fair comparison because i didn't think the ending was terrible i just didn't think it was very good um so that said so those are our first impressions both quite liked it sounds like um do you want to talk about themes i mean <laughs> this is this this could be a very interesting segment or maybe we just want to get through it quickly uh I think there's a pretty clear theme to this movie and it's kind of a weird one.
1: <laughs> yeah, tell <laughs> um, what do you what do you think?
0: Well, to me, I mean to me it's sort of like being a man. You know, it's like uh-huh. be, it's like it's like masculinity and uh, uh t- t- I put it this way. The arc of this movie, the main character's arc, he actually says it explicitly at some point is like I think I overcorrected or something to that effect. I think it's like the movie's position is sort of like, you know, it's not, it's not uh, culturally, it's not socially acceptable anymore to be like a man's man, to -hmm. be like, to like violence and like fighting and being super aggressive. And I think his character, Bob Odenkirk's character represents like a man who has overcorrected and become very timid and meek and not assertive. And this movie's about him sort of like realizing that's too much. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. like his wife doesn't, his wife isn't attracted to him. His kids don't respect him. His, his, his neighbor and his coworkers all like think he's pathetic. And the movie sort of, I think, takes their side. It's like, yeah, he is pathetic. You know, (laughs) you know, right. And then, and then it's like about him learning to be like, okay, I should actually be a little bit more of a man and I should be a little bit tough and I should be a little bit, I mean, not a little bit in this movie. He's very, <laughs> he ends up being like, a turns out to be a very skilled killer. Right. Right. Um, but to me, that's kind of the theme is like him, him rediscovering himself. And, you know, of course the it, it's, it's to me, it's presented in very much a positive light of like him, him re, Um, Reclaiming some of that sort of those traditionally masculine traits of being aggressive, enjoying, you know, violence um, and uh, and like standing up for himself, you know, it's sort of I think you could I think you, you could certainly you could argue in an uncharitable versus a charitable way, like a charitable way is like he stands up for himself. Right. Which we can generally agree is a good thing. I think a less charitable reading is like, well, he, he seems to actually just like relish, like hurting people, (laughs) um, which, you know, is like, is that, is the movie glorifying that to me? Uh, you know, I guess I'll choose just for the sake of not being, not being a downer. I'll just, let's just go with the charitable read and say, he sort of learns to stick up for himself and like, you know, be a man in quote unquote in ideally the, the ways that are still kind of generally considered good, (laughs) you know, being bold, being assertive, not, not, not necessarily being a, uh, you know, a toxic male, but, um, but that to me is the, is the theme of the movie really. I mean, and, and I'd say it's pretty, it's pretty, uh, clean, you know, as far as it's not like concerned with a lot of other ideas, but that's my take. What do you think? Do you think I'm on on track or did you think the movie took a different stance?
1: I think that's definitely the theme of the film. I I'm not sure if I feel like the movie is completely clear on its opinion of that um, okay. of that behavior or that sort of like approach to life um because uh like so for example sort of the original sin of this movie as far as what sort of like the the powder keg that ignites the entire thing mm-hmm. is um Odin Kirk's home gets invaded by a couple of thieves who are looking for just some money basically right. there's no other motive beyond that and he uh, because you later realize he is a very sort of astute uh, like, you know, person when it comes to violence. He quickly identifies that the gun that's being pointed at him is not loaded and right. therefore it's not going to be he doesn't need to, like, use violence to resolve this situation. Just let these sort of poor kids uh mm-hmm take some money and get out of here. Like they have there. Nobody enough- has to get hurt. Yeah. Nobody has to get hurt or die. Right. But of course then his, his, he can't explain to his family that that was the case mm-hmm. and basically has to look his son in the eye and say like, I was willing for you to get punched in the face rather than, you know, defend you physically. Right. Yeah. Um, And so I think, in that way, the movie is certainly taking the side of, you know, you got to stand up for your family. You, you have to defend your household, right? You can't just, you know, take the intellectual way out of this situation, right? Mm-hmm. On the other hand, then Odenkirk in sort of like a, uh, sort of swinging the pendulum too far the other way, goes and tracks down the people who invaded his home and invades their home, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, draws a draws a gun on them and, and scares them half to death and then realizes that they are doing this to ultimately, like, aid a sick child, yeah. right? Um, and he sort of realizes, like, these are desperate people who are just going to desperate measures to take care of their baby. And he realizes his anger is sort of, like, all bottled up with nowhere to go. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And so then he makes sort of the second decision that ignites the rest of the movie, which is, he decides to take that anger out on the wrong people. Right. Mm. Um, And I feel like the movie is a little bit sort of ambivalent about the righteousness of his actions. Right. Like Mm. on one hand, uh, it feels that that bus sequence where he decides to show these hoodlums like that they can't behave that way on a bus, you know, and treat people as badly and as aggressively as they are is like massively satisfying, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, um, however, basically, like his brother played by the RZA over the radio, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Is like, you. Um like I hope it felt good like getting that adrenaline out because now your life you're screwed. (laughs) Your life is ruined now. Right. Um and and it's sort of like, was it you know, wasn't there another way for you to like win the respect of your family back? Right? It's so
0: interesting to me, though, that, that so in your mind, the movie's ambivalent about this and it's like it's questioning his actions. I, I, I f- didn't I, that that wasn't my reading at all. I thought it was I thought the movie was like wholeheartedly on his side. Uh, but but I mean, just goes to show we all take in movies differently. Right.
1: I think put it this way. I think that's a voice. The movie gives voice to being skeptical about his sure. choices. Does the movie ultimately... I do agree. I think the movie ultimately comes down on his side. And I think the way you can sort of know that is like the very, very, very end of the film, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Where, spoiler alert, Auga... um, (laughs) We're we're getting
0: less and less uh, disciplined about this. uh, (laughs)
1: um, He basically, if we're skipping all the way to the end, he's angered a bunch of people Mm -hmm. and they're coming to get him at the end of the movie. And his wife, rather than being like horrified. Right. Mm -hmm. She's like, go get him, tiger. It's sort of like, (laughs) let's go hide in the basement and we'll let you, and we'll let you deal with all these people. Right. Um, And that's sort of like, it's very attracted to you now. (laughs) Right. Right. And I think that's, you can kill
0: lots of people.
1: That's ultimately the movie sort of declaring like, yep, everybody's fine with
0: this. Yeah. And I mean, to me, so, and to me, like the reason the movie, the movie's position to me seems pretty clear and unambiguous is, um, so the example you gave with the couple when he invades their apartment to me, every step of the way you as the audience are like on his side. Yeah. You know, it's sort of like he goes in to get his daughter's, you know, kitty bracelet, which is basically the John wick dog revenge story again. Right. Right, Totally. Um, but you're like, yeah, get that kitty bracelet back and kill him if you have to. Right. (laughs) But, but he doesn't because then he hears the baby and he sees the baby and you're like, Oh no. Okay. So now the right thing to do is to, is to leave them. And he does. Right. It's like, he's a good guy. He was going to kill them, which would have been justified, but then he found out the baby. And so he didn't. So he's a good guy. Right. And then it's like, then he, on the bus, you know, there's these thugs and he like beats the crap out of all of them. And he's like, that was a good thing because those guys were all terrible. And they come from an organization of just total bad guys and he's going right. to kill all of them. Right. Right. And like that one dialogue where his where his friend, did you say brother? Were they actually brothers in the movie? I the missed ri- that detail. If they yeah, were.
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, okay. I mean, it, it's um, I don't remember if they ever used the word brother there, there is, like, basically, I was, like, firmly under the belief huh. that Christopher Lloyd is their dad, and the Riza and Bob Odenkirk are brothers.
0: That's so interesting. Okay. Well, I, I mean, I believe you. I just missed that. De- it's sort of like, I didn't know exactly what their relationship was. I think in my mind, they were, they went, they, you know, they were in the military together. They were, like, maybe both that, like, you know, highly specialized, like, auditor, role or something and they were both sort of like living normal lives which is just part of the part of the operation you know like you do your job and then you become like a a a mild-mannered like regular citizen that's what i thought i thought they were just like in the military together i'm
1: fairly confident that they both refer to christopher lloyd as dad i think that's how i sort of gotcha inferred that
0: okay um well i believe you in any case not super relevant um I just thought that scene where Rizza's like, you know, you should have thought twice, you know, that wasn't a good idea. Like, to me, that was not really I know you said I, I think you're technically right. It was giving voice to this like alternate point of view of like maybe that wasn't the smartest decision, except that it totally ends up being a totally fine decision because there's no like actual lasting negative consequences. It's actually all upside for him, you know? Right. Cause he, cause he defeats all the bad guys and his wife respects him again and his kids like him, you know, and he's like able to buy the warehouse and it's just, it's just like his life is massively better for having, uh, decided to make these changes. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, and I say this like you could say like, well, no, it's not because he's got a bunch of Russian like mob guys after him. I'm like, yeah, but in the world of the movie, he can totally handle them. And actually, he loves doing that. Right. 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 Um, like it's not a real downside. So and, apparently, and like you said, apparently his wife is OK with this, you know, new yeah. life of just like every now and then. A huge gang of armed men will invade our home and try to kill us, but my husband will kill all of them.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I think, <laughs> and that's that, just fine. Doesn't it seem now? I don't know if they're going to do this because I don't know if this movie was successful enough for this. But like, it a feels sequel? like they're certainly setting it up for a sequel. Um, and I do think they have room to go into more, in, like, to in, into interesting directions that isn't just like a repeat of the first movie. Like, let let me kill a bunch of Russians. Right, like, yeah.
0: Um,
1: because I just like, don't
0: know about the. It, it feels like the novelty would wear off. This this movie feel to me more than John Wick feels like a big part of what the movie is is seeing that transformation.
1: That's right. Yeah, I think that's right. And yeah.
0: Um, whereas like John Wick, it's like the first movie is like, ooh, cool. This assassin is like reawakened, and he does all this awesome action and the whole appeal is the action itself. And mm-hmm. so the sequel and the, the third movie are all just like more of that, more right. of that action, right? This one, the action was certainly good, but it, 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 it feels less like a movie where the action is the whole point. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: the Yeah. His transformation from like a mild mannered, nobody to a somebody mm-hmm. is, like the story of of the film and like him sort of respecting himself again and everybody else around him, respecting him again and finding like him rekindling like his joy for life. Right. Mm -hmm. These are all, you know, these are all the things that are worth tracking mentally throughout the movie. Mm -hmm. Um, The only, yeah. so I
0: wonder if, go ahead.
1: The only journey that I could, um, that I could imagine. Well, the one that's most interesting to me anyway, if they were to continue going is like, The first movie is a wild pendulum swing, right? From one end of the spectrum to the other. And then, like, I feel like this might... What might be interesting is him trying to sort of find a... Go back. Find an equilibrium that's, like, not dependent on, like, death-defying, you know, violence constantly, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but also not, like, so sheepish that no one in your life even respects you anymore.
0: Yeah, yeah. Maybe. <laughs>
1: or maybe it, it was good. Maybe this was the journey.
0: I mean, if you just think of the, just in broad strokes, the kind of narrative you're trying to pitch, it seems really hard to yeah make a really compelling movie where, like, okay, here's the arc. The character is going to start off like a real badass who can, like, handle himself and fight lots of guys and defeat them, and by the end of the movie he, like, doesn't fight anybody and is peaceful again and has, like, found a way to resolve issues without violence.
1: Right. <laughs> like, that feels like a
0: de-escalation, you know, like, uh, it was actually by definition a de-escalation, right? Which is, like, I'm sure you could do a movie that way. It, it would take a really skilled, well, one, I think... Let-
1: let me sort of... Skilled execution
0: me, to pull that off.
1: I know we're sort of like tilting into a sort of weird alternate reality fix the movie type situation, which I honestly mm-hmm. don't. This is not... This is more like if they made a sequel. But mm-hmm. like my, my pitch would be something like in this movie, in Nobody, at one point, he makes a choice to burn the ob mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. To destroy the Russian mob's entire pension fund, right? Which is like a like will be the gift that keeps on giving forever. Right. Like he will never stop having Russian hitmen coming, trying to kill him for having done that. Right. And yeah. I would think, and and that in some ways to me feels like a little bit of a death wish on his part. Yeah. Right. Like he didn't have to do that. Right. But he chose to for kind of like mysterious reasons a little bit. Right.
0: Um, right. This, this, it it things escalated from these random dudes on a bus were being rude to suddenly it's my life's mission to like single handedly take down the Russian mob. Right. <laughs> right? Something that he had ze- like, as far as we know, zero connection to before right. this movie, right before the events of this movie.
1: And I feel like the choice, like a future, the the films could present him with a future choice to like keep like going all in on like sort of death wish type actions and saying like you know what like i don't have to do that right Mm -hmm. like i can still certainly kill as many russians as i need to to like keep myself and my family safe but i don't need to like invite them to come Mm -hmm. kill me right Mm -hmm. which is which i viewed that particular choice as being right? right right um So that would be sort of the new irresponsible
0: choice in in real world logic.
1: Yeah, I don't know that (laughs) I would really want the uh, the tax that comes due with burning the entire uh, Russian (laughs) mob's uh, pension fund. I just feel like you know seems ill advised. I just don't want to leave that bear alone. I don't want those solicitors at my door for the rest of my life if I can avoid it.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, that's 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 why we sort of get into the third act being a little ridiculous for me. Um, But let's let's not let's not get into that yet. We still got to talk about best parts of the movie, highlights of the movie. Yeah. So um, what are the highlights? Let's let's do two or three each. Okay. because I think there's a lot.
1: So very obviously and like to sort of compare, contrast this with like gunpowder milkshake. Right. Mm hmm the very, the first Mm, like real milkshake.
0: It's not going to fare well.
1: The first (laughs) real like action sequence in this movie Uh is the bus sequence. Right. Right. Um, just masterful. So well done. Mm -hmm, Right. mm -hmm. Odenkirk fighting about six dudes on a bus, uh, using sort of all the fun parts that a bus has to offer. Right. And getting like effing stabbed. right? Right. like, halfway through it, getting thrown out a window, right? All of that is like, helps you understand like, this is a guy who is willing to fight through pain and is willing to like, get back into a very dangerous situation without even really thinking about it, right? (laughs) He doesn't like, he gets thrown out of the window of the bus and he could sort of like, limp away and be like, all right, that was, that was that. But he's committed (laughs) at that point. Like, I'm going to win this fight because this girl is going to get home safe, right? This girl on this bus is going to get home safe. That is, like, the promise I'm making right now, Mm -hmm. right? And so it's just, like, um, aside from being sort of an excellent, excellent action sequence, it does a bunch of good, like, character work to sort of illustrate the type of guy he's becoming, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Compared to
0: Gunpowder Milkshake. Gunpowder Milkshake. Yeah. (laughs) Where the first action scene... What's the first action scene in that? Is that the bowling alley one? Bowling
1: alley sequence, right?
0: Yeah, just okay. Yeah, just what? Just her taking out three thugs.
1: Yeah, and it's just her, like, winning. You mm-hmm. know, like, without sort of us learning anything about her or establishing anything. Well, any, we learned that, that can she can take
0: out change. three thugs. Right? But we
1: already knew she could take out three thugs. She does at the very <laughs> beginning of the movie. Um, the the
0: this, this bus scene was very fascinating to me because... Um, I think, you know, it it makes sense. Um I think John Wick does this a little bit. I think Atomic Blonde does this a little bit of showing the, you know, showing that the protagonist is not flawless. They don't just like effortlessly take out all of their enemies. They do get hit and hurt and tired. Mm-hmm. Um but in this bus scene, I'm like at first, it's sort of like I can't even tell. He might not even be doing very well, you know. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. He's like I think he's like losing the fight initially. Um, he gets stabbed and, very early, actually, y- with a knife. Yeah, yeah. And you know, he's clearly. It seems much more like he's straight up, you know, um, outmatched. You know, yeah. like he's like he's overestimated his himself, and I think that's. I'm not exactly sure what, like, if I were to try to say, oh, yeah, this is what they were going for. I'm not sure I could nail it. Um, I think I certainly they certainly wanted to make clear he's vulnerable. Right. But but the fact that. Probably up to like maybe the halfway mark, it seems like he might lose the fight. He's mm-hmm. like doing that poorly to me. Is is this trying to say that he's really not sure Um Like he, like he's not sure he's so rusty that he he can't even be sure like that he can take out these guys at this point or, or is it, you know, I I guess my interpretation of after he's thrown out the window and he gets back up, it's sort of like a calibration moment of like, all right, I got to turn on kill mode, you know? Right. Like he, like he was sort of like, I'm not sure how, uh, you know, how capable these guys are and how lethal I need to be. And so he sort of like sets his figurative gun to stun. Right. Mm-hmm. And then they kind of like are more formidable than he had anticipated. And then he's like, all right, I'm gonna have to set it to kill. <laughs> and yeah. that's when he goes back. Is is that sort of how you read the scene? Um... Like to me, the fact when he got up, I was like, oh, this is awesome. Like it was sort of like, it was a little disappointing seeing him getting thrown out and you're like, Oh, he kind of lost the fight, even though he did pretty well. Right. But he kind of lost. And then he gets back up and you're like, Oh, now he's going to go kill those guys. (laughs) You know, like Uh, I just kind of know what's coming now.
1: I I do agree with the whole, like he was, you know, he was at an eight and then he like came back in at a 10 or he was, you know, he, he started the fight Mm -hmm. at a six and finished it on a 10 kind of thing. Um, but I honestly sort of read the opening sort of part of that sequence as here's a guy who's a little bit numb right mm-hmm. he mm-hmm. like doesn't really feel much of anything anymore right. he just feels this sort of dull mm-hmm. ache constantly and it's like i think he starts that fight like to feel wanting something. wanting to get hit
0: yeah you know what yeah. i mean like i think that's he interesting wa- yeah
1: I think he's like, I want to, you know, I'm going to start this fight just sort of like um, letting it. Just get my like, juices flowing. I'm, I'm going to take this a little <laughs> bit easy in the beginning. Not because I definitely, I, I think part of the thrill for him also is like not knowing if he's going to win. Mm-hmm. Right? I think if he was like fully confident that he was going to win, it would be less interesting to him. Like his his, his juices wouldn't get flowing as much. And in fact, I feel like, there's, there's several pieces of evidence later in the movie that like his dad and the Riza are sort of built the same way. Right. right? Cause they're like, I missed this. I missed like being in a really hairy situation like
0: this. Mm -hmm.
1: Right. Um, and I think he that's sort of what he's going through in the beginning of that fight is like, ah, yes, this is what it's like to be a little bit nervous about the outcome of the thing. right? Right. Right. Um, which I think that's
0: a good take. That's a good take. Yeah, I buy that.
1: Which to me made it more fun as a viewer, right? Like on one hand, I know that he's the star of the movie and he's not going to die like 30 minutes in or whatever. But on the other hand, he gets thrown out of the bus and I'm like, oh, is that it? Like, is that how this ends maybe? Like mm-hmm. with him sort of licking his wounds? But Maybe like, this is like a
0: wake-up call for him that he needs sh- to like get back in shape and like right. yeah, start Cause training.
1: Because they, they could play that, mo- that moment like any number of ways like for example like he gets thrown out of the bus the cops could show up right at Mm -hmm. that moment and it would be like oh he did a good thing because he defended this girl until help could arrive right Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. and you i don't think you would hate that you know what i mean like i think it would just be like oh okay that's just sort of awoke that awoke something in him Right, mm-hmm. but instead he gets back on the bus and he's like, "I'm gonna finish this right <laughs> now." Right, which makes you like it so much more. Yeah. Right, but yeah. it's like I could have envisioned that scene playing out other ways, and it so would have worked. Right, so would right. have like been narratively interesting. Um, but and so, uh, so at any rate, yeah, I, that's that was my take. Was like
0: best and, action scene in the movie. You think?
1: Um, let's see. I I certainly. Uh, let's let's review them because I feel like when we're talking about best parts of the movie, we're basically talking about action sequences, right?
0: Yeah, I don't, or, you know, unless there was some element of the story or a particular performance you really loved or something like that. But were, for the most there were part, li- there were little things
1: that, yeah, for sure, I I, I enjoyed. But um, like I thought the I thought the um, the soundtrack choices were really mm. good. I thought it was very sort of consistent point of view. The fact that it was all like older radio mm-hmm. standards from like the forties and fifties. Right. Like I thought that that was really charming and also was meant to sort of illustrate that he's old, <laughs> right? Like he's not yeah. a hip young dude. Um, uh, I thought that that was really clever. Um, but generally I feel like the best parts of the movies Are gonna the the things that really stand out are the action sequences. So let's sort of recount them real quick. So after that, there's the home invasion, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, There's the, I think the other action sequence that I really liked quite a lot isn't really like an action sequence totally, um, but the car, like the car crash, I thought was really cool. Like just his way of—he's like, okay, I've been locked in the trunk of a car. Mm -hmm. How do I get out of this situation? Like I've never seen that before, you know. And it was just really, this is cool. This is a guy who knows how to get out of situations where he's like not been successful, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. I think normally in a movie when a character is stuck in a trunk, if if they overcome, if they overcome adversity in that scene it's by getting out of the trunk and onto the road where the people in the car don't realize they've escaped. Right. Right. But in this movie it's like into the car.
1: <laughs> yeah. 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 He
0: gets out of the trunk and into the car and kills everybody in it. Um, so yeah. Very different. Uh, and I like that, the speaking of, you know, tying that to the home invasion movie, I like how they have that um, little, little thing that that happens in both i think it's kind of like you know like a like a what do you call it in music when when it's the same like a motif uh-huh yeah <laughs> uh, of like him talking to a person while they die yeah and then realizing like oh they're not they're not listening anymore because they're dead now
1: right okay. i can't finish my monologue because <laughs> right
0: this person um yeah that was good so you've got those and then, and then what is it that? And then the final climactic scene, or is it those four basically?
1: Yeah. There's the Obshack montage. Um, right. Uh, there's a, I'm trying to think there's a scene. Is there not a scene right before the Obshack montage um, where he's in like yet another fight of some kind? I don't know. Is there? I can't even. I guess not. If so we're
0: apparently forgetting it.
1: I guess not. Um, wh- oh, so, so I, so yeah, I like the car sequence. Uh, the other, another moment that speaking of non-action sequences that I really liked, although there's slight tiny amount of action in it, is when he buys the, the, fa- the facility, the factory or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and his is the tiny
0: bit of action you're referring to, just like punching his brother-in-law. When he put,
1: right, and it's it's not the punch that so matters to me, although that was satisfying. But like, um, when uh, his brother's like his brother-in-law is like, what am I gonna do, right? Mm-hmm. And he's like, I don't mm-hmm. care, right? right? Like, um, like I'm tired of pretending like you're an important part of this situation, right? Like, right. Uh and so I just thought like that it's funny little moments like that even more so in some cases than like the violence of the film I was like oh that's a person who's like starting to respect himself a little mm-hmm. bit more right yeah what about There's you a, any any other here,
0: oh I will I will share but in here, first a random question D- from your perspective watching the movie was it clear whether his wife knew his past
1: I think she did. I think she had to,
0: right? Because be- of the way she res- like handled his wounds and stuff. And yeah, sort she of like, stitched oh, it's like him. Up. Times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. That is interesting because, um,
1: well, it's funny because I don't think I don't know. She- it's sort
0: of like how had she? Because what's weird is that I think it seems like she had like lost respect for him, but if she knew, then she knew that it was you know sort of all a facade and I don't know. It's just strange to me if she like knew all along what he was capable of, but then by the end, she's like into him again. It seems there seems to be like a little bit of an inconsistency there.
1: Yeah. I get what you're saying about that. But for me, the way I read it was it's not like she consciously at any point was like, ugh, this guy, I don't respect him anymore. Right. Right. I think it was more like she just. She needs to
0: be reminded what is well, like, capable yeah, of. Yeah, just
1: the flame kind of got extinguished over time. Not yeah. like there was any one thing where she's like, I don't respect this guy. She just wasn't like enthusiastic about him anymore, you know?
0: Yeah. No? And I mean, I guess if you view it on sort of a symbolic level, it's like he isn't the man he used to be. Or, you know, like, um, there, there you know, yes, I know he did these things. Cause I was there, but like, he will never do them again. So like that, 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 that whatever I was attracted to about him, you know, from, from those sort of, from those events of the past, that those things are basically gone. Um, okay. I think you're right. She definitely had to have known because otherwise those wounds and the situation in the house would have probably been far more shocking to her. Right. Um, so even though, okay, I, I agree with you that I lo- I thought the bus scene was great. So I won't uh, waste time by repeating anything you said there. Um, something else I quite liked. So I already said I didn't really like the finale. I'm mainly referring to the like shootout in the warehouse. That's where it got a little bit formulaic for me. Yeah, yeah. But but I did I did like Christopher Lloyd taking out those two guys that came to like sort of. Interrogate slash yes. kidnap or, or him or whatever. Yes. Um, starting from the moment when Bob Odenkirk's character just calls his dad, and he's like, "Hey, they're probably coming for you. Just a heads up." And he's like, "All right."
1: And I was just like, <laughs>
0: "Ooh, he's." It's like the the fact that he's like he's not going to his dad to protect his dad. He just right. called him to be like, "FYI, you should be ready for this." I'm like. Oh, cool. Is he like actually able to defend himself? And then, and then, you know, that scene where he's like pretending to sleep and then he's just got a shotgun. (laughs) I was like, that's pretty sweet. That's pretty sweet. I did, I did quite enjoy that. Um, And, uh, but I think part of, uh, part of why the ending was sort of like absurd to me is like that scene where he's like pretending to sleep and he, and he catches the guys by surprise and takes them both out was sort of like a believable. It was sort of at the level of realism that the movie had maintained up through that point. Cause it was all about the element of surprise and these guys didn't had no idea he would be sort of prepared for them and have some skills, right? But then I, I definitely think the movie takes the level of realism. It it it's it changes it in the final scene. Uh-huh. To where if you contrast it with the bus scene, it's a it's a very stark difference, you know, like yeah. in the bus scene he's getting stabbed, he's getting really hurt, he gets thrown through a window. All kinds of things are going wrong. He sort of like barely wins that fight. And then in the final shootout in the warehouse, it's like his like 80-year-old dad, yeah, <laughs> you know, who's just walking sort of freely. He's not like racing to hide behind walls and he's just kind of walking around shooting guys not a scratch, you know. Yeah. Nothing happens to him. Basically nothing happens to Bob Odenkirk's character. And then his brother gets, yeah, nicked with a bullet. That's like, that's what happens. But they take out like, you know, 50 Russian mob guys. Right. Right. Um, so that's where I'm like, I think this movie was, you know, not realistic quote unquote. Um, but it was sort of playing by rules that felt sort of grounded. Yeah, yeah. Up until up until this moment. And now it's just like, I don't know what's what's going. These guys just became like invincible, you know.
1: Right. Yeah. It does feel like over the course of the movie, like Odin Kirk is like ascending to God mode, you mm-hmm. know? Like where by the end he's like, I can't be killed. I'm better than every you know, I'm better than every bad guy. I'm not worried. You could bring you could throw a hundred of them at me. And yeah. I will home alone. I will home alone my way out of this situation, right? right? Like, right. Um, and and I think that's why it's maybe the least interesting bit, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, uh, I mean, yeah. Again, like it is. On one hand, um, to your point, it's still like a good action sequence, right?
0: Like, mm-hmm.
1: on the other hand, it concludes with him strapping a bomb. To like a piece of plastic and then, like, just running <laughs> bulletproof
0: glass, presumably, I guess,
1: yeah, directly yeah. at the bad guy and like detonating a bomb, like, yeah, like yeah. directly next to his body and surviving. That's his right? final move, yeah, right. Um, and it's just sort of like which, which,
0: which also you've got his, you know, the other two characters being like, don't do it, you're mm-hmm. crazy, mm-hmm. you know. Like very much implying like you're kill You're this is suicide. Right. And then it's like, no, he's fine. Right.
1: <laughs> right. And he so even says like before he does it, and this is why like the death wish thing sort of strikes me as like a real thing. He says like, everybody dies some sooner than others. Right. Like, and I think he's sort of like, if you got to go, yeah. you got to go one way. Or, but like, if it's, it's my, my time, if it's my yeah. time, great. And if it's not great, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, And I think like that attitude is um, maybe one of the more interesting parts of this movie, of this character. Uh, And I feel like the ending didn't really quite. Yeah, play that up in the way that would have been interesting. And he didn't really like incur the cost. I feel like the way that earlier in the film he had to.
0: Yeah. It feels like they could have done the ending and I would argue they probably should have done the ending where he gets like really badly hurt <laughs> right. and hospitalized, like not dies. Like he does win the fight, but right. like ends up in the hospital and it's like, you know, cuts to like his wife standing by his bedside or, or whatever. Like that would have felt a little more thematically consistent to me. Right. Not thematically, more, more like tonally consistent, I guess. Yeah. Um. But instead it's more like he's like untouched which is just strange yeah but anyway i think um i mean i think we've already covered the highlights like i don't really have anything to add as far as best parts of the movie that that you didn't ever already cover because like you said it's basically all the action scenes um and just his performance and you know um i think all that all all the performances were quite good yeah um it, it it was a big part of the movie that you like you know he sold that kind of that uh that sort of unassuming meek kind of dad figure at the beginning and then sort of blossomed into the you know killer action star by the end um but i'm i'm inclined to sort of go on to fix the movie which for me is mostly going to be nitpicks but uh still yeah. i have some interesting points to raise you, but, but before we do that do you have any more highlights you wanted to cover
1: no, I think we've cut, covered the big ones. How do we fix it?
0: Okay. Do you have any nitpicks or, or fix the movie ideas of your own?
1: Well, I think all these movies have a villain problem, right? Mm. Like it's just nameless, faceless Eastern Europeans, like running <laughs> through doors. What's and, with it?
0: Yeah, yeah. And running Russia, through This, doors this will be seen defeat. as the era when like Russians were like Russians are like the new Nazis, you know, or, or the new. Maybe, yeah. maybe a decade ago it was like you know, Middle Eastern terrorists. Right. And now it's Russians.
1: Right. (laughs) Um, And so uh, it's just like on one hand, it's satisfying to see, you know, Odenkirk like mow down all these folks. Right. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, it's like you don't care that much because it's like whatever. They're anonymous. Right. They might have like you could literally have had the same 10 stunt people like just kill them over and over and i would not notice (laughs) you know what i mean like right 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 um and so that is i I would like for some well they had
0: the black russian (laughs) that was their that was their innovation
1: he's dead 45 minutes into the movie yeah yeah he's dead pretty fast um i would like to see somebody try to really make like an interesting villain in
0: one john wick with an interesting villain
1: yeah like because even the main bad guy, like, is they don't even really interact until like two thirds plus of the way through the movie. And then uh, they only have one real sort of like combat interaction, which mm-hmm. is like Odenkirk detonating a bomb right in front of the guy. Right. Like, yeah, it's not super interesting. They don't they don't have a relationship. Right. Like. Um, which I recognize it's hard to do this, but, uh, you know, like he heat, Heat's a good movie, right? Like,
0: <laughs> you know, which movie I thought had actually a pretty good, memorable bad guy. You might disagree. John Wick three.
1: Uh, I literally don't remember who the bad guy is in John Wick
0: three. All right. So you do disagree with me. I I, I actually couldn't tell you his name. It's the guy. It's the samurai wielding guy the um he's sort of like a he's sort of like a fan boy of John Wick's, It turns out yeah. does this not ring a bell to you
1: yeah, vaguely, I guess the point being like the' What's I, the I would actor's be, name I would be interested in a situation where like all these action sequences fundamentally are built in a way where it's like one of us has to live and the other has to die, right, mm-hmm. so therefore you can't have like a villain who recurs. And and like you can't deepen the relationship of like the animosity between the two, right? And I would like for a movie to sort of figure out a way for them to like be in a conflict with each other throughout the film, but like so. But by, by the time we get to the end, it's not like oh these guys have never even met, you know? Yeah. Like um, that's sort of a generic- no.
0: You you want? I mean, you definitely can do it. Like I, I'm I'm picturing like joker versus batman you know right are are a hero and a villain who can can coexist through many storylines because batman can ha- can defeat other villains you know as like the main as the end of the main plot while the joker is still there you mm-hmm. know right. kind of pulling the strings or just also doing other stuff and it's like he'll never he'll never defeat the joker right Um, you want something like that in like an action franchise where there's like the bad guy that the main star knows and they have a a history, but in the, in the main storyline of a given movie, he's just defeating a different bad guy. Maybe like a, maybe like a second in command or something like that.
1: Or even you could do it. Yeah. I mean, or, and, or in addition, right? Like cut off Luke Skywalker's hand. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like, the bad guy it's more interesting if the bad guy is capable like it we've seen evidence of him being able to mm-hmm. like harm the hero or the hero is is like you know has reasons to be afraid right yeah. um and i feel like the one issue that i have with like the john wick movies and this movie is like i feel like our hero just doesn't really like have the same reason to be afraid that mm-hmm. And it makes it less interesting. It just makes it like, well, he's going to win. Just what? Yeah. How is he going to win? Right? Yeah. Um, and so, I, I, that's my that would be my fix. The movie, and it's not just this movie. It's it's many movies. It's all honor. of these
0: movies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I I think I agree with you as a whole, but in the case of this movie, I think I I, I am skeptical that it would make sense to even try to make a sequel to this movie. So I'm sort of okay with in the case of nobody specifically. Like yeah, you should probably just get rid of the villain by the end, you know, don't don't set it up for another one because I'm not sure you should even do another one. Yeah. But, you know, they could prove me wrong. I'd, I I'd gladly see nobody too and then just, you know, if I'm wrong, that's great because that means it's a great movie. Um okay, but let's let me let me share some of my nitpicks. Yeah. Um, uh so first of all, I think uh these really are nitpicks, and and in particular, I often bring up a complaint where I'm like, I don't know what I wanted them to do. I can't actually offer, <laughs> uh, yeah. a, like a better version of this, but it still bothered me. Um, so, starting with, you know, the reveal that he saw that the gun wasn't loaded, mm-hmm. and oh, okay, that's why he didn't, you know, take the person down. I, I I sort of was like, why wouldn't he have shared that information? You know, like his son, like clearly yeah. has disdain for him now. Why wouldn't he explain to his son, like, I saw the gun wasn't loaded. That's why I didn't do anything because they were just a couple of scared kids or whatever. Like, I guess you could you could sort of give this explanation of like, oh, if he revealed that he knew the gun wasn't loaded, that would suggest a degree of expertise, you know, and precision, like like how would anyone who's not a professional notice a detail like that? But I'm just right. like, I don't know. I feel like he could reveal that. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. Um, and so it's just it was when anytime a character in a in a movie or a TV show like keeps a secret, and as the audience, I'm like, I don't think that needs to be a secret. Yeah, you know, that yeah. that is a bit of a distraction. Um, it's like yeah, because there's a lot of negative. Consequences for you to people thinking this thing that's false, and you could just tell them the truth, and that would make them respect you more. Yeah, but sure. you're just choosing not to for some reason. Um, that was one issue. Another issue, which is just a uh, this is just a random detail. This is from my notes that I took while watching the movie, um, which is very, very unimportant, but but I still think is funny and it's it's not specific to this movie. I've noticed it in many action movies now, is like in fact, I think I've, I I went back and and watched some scenes with John Wick that sort of also committed this sort of script, uh, this this act of script laziness, I'll call it, where a char- the, the main character is in, a, in, a, in an enclosed environment, right? The, a house. Mm-hmm. And there's like multiple sort of like thugs in the house kind of yeah. like searching for him. Yeah. And then a couple like find him and they shoot their guns, and he takes them out, and it's very loud. And he's mm-hmm. like fighting them and taking them down, and then he kills them. And then it like cuts to like some others who are still like acting like they haven't found anything yet, you uh-huh. know? And they're still like walking around, like searching for them, and like. You would have just heard like gunshots and screaming and like people dying. It just like, you know, 50 feet away from you, but you're still like, let's look, let's see if we can find anything. You're like, there's definitely something going on right there. (laughs) You know, you should have all swarmed to that location and tried to take them out. But you're just like walking around like an idiot, (laughs) you know? Um, So that was something I noticed during the home invasion where I'm like, it's like he just takes out these people like very loudly. And then others are like, you know over here you go over there yeah i mean um, but i
1: i do think that you even have that kind of like i for example uh just last night actually rewatched the knife sequence from john wick 3 oh, so right? good uh-huh. and it's one of those things where i i I don't know why i did this because i'm a a masochist i guess like i was watching in typically there was like he's fighting like two guys at a time mm-hmm. in that sequence mm-hmm. for the most part sometimes three um But I did the thing where you watch the person who's not fighting John Wick. Right. And you're like, oh,
0: this looks dumb.
1: It it looks dumb. Right. The person just sort of hanging around. Right. Uh Or uh like I watched the dog sequence in that movie. Right. Which uh is very exciting on one hand. And on the other hand, it's like if you actually watch the bad guy and not like Halle Berry. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's like they're doing things where it's like she is holding them in such a way it's like they could easily use their other hand, right? (laughs) They could, you know, like she's holding one of their arms and they're like, oh no, I'm stuck, I'm trapped. And it's like, and it's very movie logic, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, It's very, it's just fight logic, which is how movies work. I get it. Um, And so uh, like, yes, I totally agree with you that like, I, I think it would be very exhilarating for a movie to like figure out a way to, crack mm-hmm. that nut and, like, have the fight sequences feel, like, even more real, like, the mm-hmm. people are behaving, the way people would actually behave in a fight. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I... But it just seems like time. it takes
0: so much... Like, it's probably already so much work to choreograph a cool-looking fight. Yeah. You know, to have this restraint of, like, no, every character has to act super realistically. You're like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, trying, I'm trying... How do you make it so that five... Like how, how do you really make a realistic fight where one person takes out five people? It's like, that just doesn't happen. <laughs> you know? Right. Right. Like five people can take out one person. That's just like, just doesn't matter how good of a fighter they are. Sheer because, overwhelming Because power, they can yeah. take out two of them and the other three are just like stabbing them as it's happening. <laughs> right. You know, there's just no way you can take out five. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah. But you know, it's like, no, Jack Reacher could take out five. So we just have to write it that, you know, th- th- that's actually, that's actually basically it's probably unfair to even take it out on the choreographer. The choreographer is given the requirements, right? Right. So make it. So there's one character takes out these three characters and you're like, okay, well that's going to have to require one of them to just stand there for a sec, right. you know, and one of them to be. Now I will say if you, do, if you, if my, like my ability, uh, suspension of disbelief uh, is pretty good in these yeah. situations because i'm like you know what is also true though is people do get kind of like paralyzed with indecision and fear and like shock right right, right. and so like there is something to be said for like maybe in the situation while the main character is like completely incapacitating this one you know mindless footman the next one would just be standing there because they'd be like, "Holy crap, I'm screwed!" Right? Right. Like that's possible. I don't know.
1: <laughs> that's one of the great things anyway. about the movie Unforgiven, right? Mm. Like the the have you, you've seen that, I'm assuming.
0: Yeah, yeah, Clint Eastwood. Yeah, yeah. Just the yeah, it's the been a shootout, while, but the
1: shootout at the end of that movie is exactly the thing that you're describing, right? It's sort of mm. like, how is it possible that a like a gunslinger in the West could take out like a bar like full of you know a dozen goons and it's like i'll tell you why because the goons are people and people like fumble the gun and get scared and can't aim and you know like just all those things and like that's how that's how you you could take out
0: 12 terrified people yeah Yeah, Yeah, like exactly
1: um and so i you know and so i'm not saying i think i'm totally willing to suspend my disbelief in a movie Mm -hmm. like this because i get that like the movie sort of requires that type of artificiality but i totally hear you because it's like it would be that much more rewarding to see a film where it's like wow that really actually felt like a fight you know yeah. but like yeah it ended that way um
0: well but- well in action in action i can kind of understand like in situations like that i will yeah. tell you what's funny yeah. just talking about action movies in general it's it is always funny though when someone does something that doesn't make any sense like have you ever seen that um that like youtube video where they break down the uh the big darth maul fight scene from phantom menace yes and they're like swinging their lightsabers like (laughs) above one another's head would be yeah and it's those things are funny you're like okay this this is where if you actually analyze what the action this character is taking it's idiotic right or another one i always like i've probably brought this up before i don't think you've seen this movie but in in Batman v Superman, uh-huh. you know the the big climactic fight involves like there's a moment where Superman goes to punch Batman and Batman like catches his fist uh-huh. and it's and it's like ooh that's like a shocking moment because nobody expected that Batman could catch Superman's fist but I'm like so Superman's intention in that moment was he was just gonna like punch his head off like. Because if that connect, like Superman punching a guy in the head uh-huh. would kill him, like right. immediately, right? Right. <laughs> so it's like, it's like the, the scene require it's like for that moment, for that big, you know, uh, shock of like, I can't believe Batman stopped a punch from Superman. But I'm just like, but think about Superman's perspective in that moment. Right. Right. That's totally out of character. Yeah. Because because it really he would have been like Omni-Man. Right. Right. In in Invincible.
1: Right. Right. That is exactly (laughs) like I'm going to
0: waste this this guy. Right. (laughs) I'm going to get this fight over with real fast.
1: Yeah. Omni-Man is like the more like I think satisfying, realistic portrayal of like what a person with (coughs) Superman's powers actually. Who's just
0: willing to kill people.
1: Well, it's like it should be terrifying right mm-hmm. the, the existence mm-hmm. of a person like that should be absolutely terrifying right yeah. and, the, and the fact that and i think the, Sny- the Zach Snyder, the Snyder, combined
0: with a little bit of dr manhattan of just yeah like, these yeah. people don't matter to me at all
1: right right <laughs> and the Zack snyder notion of like superman is a terrifying idea like yeah, yeah. doesn't go quite as far as like you know uh Invincible does on that no,
0: track. no. But even in the even in the Zack Snyder's world, I don't think it makes sense for the, even that Superman to try to punch Batman in the head.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree.
0: Um, anyway, we've gotten way off track here. So yeah. those are a couple nitpicks I have about nobody. I feel like I had one more. Oh, <laughs> this isn't even a nitpick, really. This is just something that made me like. I, I wonder if you can relate to this at all. Um, like, it was one of those details in the movie that, like, you totally understand the purpose that it serves. But it was like, I'm, like, distracted by it, which is, you know, the opening montage of, like, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, yeah. Thursday. And it's and it's very effective. You know, it conveys yeah. the sort of monotony of his life. Um, but, like, he misses the trash, like, three weeks in a row. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it gave me anxiety. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, you're you you'd have so much trash accumulated in your garage, you know? I feel like he Just must As have, a as a guy who takes out has to take out the trash every week, you know? Yeah. The thing they don't I was like, this show... this is too much. Three weeks, him, three weeks in a row is too many times to miss the trash.
1: The thing they don't show is him driving to like right. the resource recovery center and like dropping. Yeah, out dropping bags it all off at a dumpster somewhere. But I, right. Which I is what you'd you would have to do. Right, right? Yeah. I agree with you though. I was very uh I was like, when he, missed you it, too. when he missed it for the third time, I was like, this is unrealistic. Like, <laughs> no one would do this. <laughs> yeah. You would have so much trash, like, in or around your house. That well, you'd be also, like, his, you wife wouldn't,
0: his wife wouldn't just be like, missed the trash again. It would, this would be like a big deal at this <laughs> point.
1: <right? laughs> it's like, you have a problem. Yeah, this right? would
0: be like a fight. This would be like a marital fight by now. Um, <laughs> I so gave that-
1: you one job to do.
0: Yeah, I just, it, it, it's it's more just like funny, you know, yeah, as yeah. like the the very real world uh, ramifications of missing the trash three times in a row. Um, it's like the, this, it, it's it's almost like I'm not on this guy's side anymore. You know, right. you're like, you're like, you feel bad for him. <laughs> but after the third week, you're like, dude, this is inexcusable. You are, right. you suck. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, this isn't look, even hard. <laughs> you're going to have a month's worth
1: of trash to deal
0: with. <laughs> yeah so anyway like I said I don't know I don't think that even counts as a knit because it's not really like something I would change about the movie just like every now and then you know something that you can relate to sort of like pulls you out of a movie because right because you're like "I I have to do that too and that's that's really not realistic yeah um I think that's all I had. I don't think it, I think my real fix of the movie is just the final act. I, I wish uh, they had done differently. Like rather than give him an invincible 80 year old dad and uh, you know, a, 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 a brother who is basically also invincible. Um, make it a little more, I don't know, consistent with the rest of the movie. That's what, that's what I would have preferred.
1: Yeah, I agree. I feel like, uh, I feel like the end of the movie and there's also a little stage. Also,
0: also, sorry, also. I, I, know, I know that I'm cutting you off, but um, I feel like the, the Home Alone angle felt very sort of not fully realized, too. Yeah. You know, it's like he's setting up booby traps. It's like, oh, this is going to be cool. This is going to be like Home Alone or, you know, whichever James Bond movie it was. Skyfall. Uh, yeah. Skyfall. I think where he did that. Yeah. But he like does a couple things and you're like, uh, it was mostly just him shooting guys. You right. Know? Right. I, I I I actually think that's that's actually a bigger fix. The movie for me is if it had been more like pure Home Alone, you know, pure just like all of his traps and contraptions and ways that he set up to take guys out um, is is all like inventive ways, you know, of defending himself. That that would have been much more satisfying to me. Um, and and as I'm saying this, I'm reminded of one more nitpick, which mm-hmm. is, which is. There was this one booby trap involving, like, a thing on the steps. Yeah. Which is, like, obviously he put that there, so he knew to avoid that. Yeah. But he didn't even know that his dad and brother would be there. Right. So they should have been triggering some of his booby traps, you know?
1: I thought about that, and I sort of figured, I was like, maybe they all learned from the same playbook, and so they all know what to look for in those situations, and they, like, know how to avoid them. I mean, again... (laughs) I, I had the same thought though. I was like, I yeah, was like, man, yeah. he's lucky he didn't kill his dad and his brother inadvertently.
0: <laughs> how how shocking would that have been? It'd be very unsatisfying.
1: It'd be very unsatisfying.
0: have been upsetting. Yeah. Well, it could have, but I mean, it could have actually driven home the the idea of like he has gone too far, right? Right. Sure. He 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 invested so heavily in just like becoming a killing machine by the end that. It, it has done collateral damage to his own family and loved ones. That would have been an interesting angle, <laughs> much less but of a crowd pleaser though.
1: They're definitely going the other way at the end of this movie. Like you, no, you saw the sure. stinger, right? I think it's a stinger or maybe it's just a very, very late scene where it's like Christopher Lloyd and the Rizza are like driving in an RV mm-hmm. filled with guns to who knows right. where. Right. Right. But I'm like, that's definitely like that, that RV is going to sequel town. That's where, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's sort of the the intention, I think. Which, to me, yeah. like, we sort of talked about this in Gunpowder Milkshake. It's like, the the final sequence of that film, the main character's not in it, right? Mm-hmm. Which is, mm-hmm. like, very bad, in my opinion, right? Um, you know, this movie, I feel like, to your point, that final sequence, like, we've been watching a guy, like, discover you know, like rediscover something about himself for the first, you know, 90 minutes of this movie or or, eight or 75 minutes of this movie. And then like for Christopher Lloyd and the RZA to show up and be sort of like the cavalry mm-hmm. and then have like one of the final, like things that we see be the two of them driving away. Feels like, uh, wait, that's not what was good about this movie. Right. Mm -hmm. Like they were, Mm -hmm. they were good. They were good, like decorations on this film. Right. But they're not like the reason to stand up and cheer. They're not like the thing that I would, I cared about following all the way to the end. And so like for the movie to be like, yeah, more of these guys. I'm like, they're like not the important (laughs) part, you know? Um, Yeah.
0: I don't know. I felt like it was mostly just played for comedic effect.
1: Right. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I like Christopher Lloyd and the Rizit. Like, that's great. But it's also like, you know, I feel like the movie hanging its hat on something mm-hmm. that, like, if they really do come back and it's like a sequel and it's like features a ton of Christopher Lloyd and the Rizit, I'll be like, why? You know, they're...
0: <laughs> um, yeah. Maybe the, uh, maybe the writer just felt like, you know, wanted to give himself a challenge of maybe my next movie will be an action an action thriller starring Christopher Lloyd, <laughs> right. We've, st- right. we've done this like with a Bob 60 Odenkirk year old was sort man. of an unlikely. Yeah.
1: Can we do it with a 90 year old man?
0: How, how old do you think Christopher Lloyd is? I'm going to guess he's right now?
1: 84. That's my guess. Yeah, you're
0: very close. He's 82.
1: Oh, I was close. Goodness gracious me. Okay. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. I also like that, that, that scene has like some of the most, so probably the most unrealistic dialogue of the movie. <laughs> You know, what I, it always jumps out at me when it's just this extremely contrived, like these people in the situation would not say these words, you right. know? Cause it's like, I don't remember the exact dialogue, but it's basically Christopher Lloyd's character being like, why didn't we just fly again? And then Riz is like, because we have all these guns. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and he's like, oh, right, right, right. Oh, right. That's yes. why we're, that's why we're in a van full of guns. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that, that okay. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way that, you know, those words were exchanged in that van. But, you know, just gives an excuse to sort of reveal to the audience what they're revealing.
1: He's an extremely senile old man.
0: <laughs> he literally forgets. It's like if he forgets that, I don't know what he actually does remember. Um, but uh, OK, we've we've I think we've re- covered just about everything that needed to be covered here. Yeah, Do you f- Do you feel that way okay yeah yeah yeah. so uh so we we went through you know themes best parts fix the movie although i don't think either of us really had any major gripes other than for me with the ending the ending Um, some villain stuff you know some villain stuff yeah yeah uh would you beam it up i would you would okay i really i I wouldn't okay I, i i wouldn't but that we're swapping we're swapping roles then, because I think what was it uh two movies ago. Green. I Knight. said yes, you said no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, so you'd beam up nobody. Okay. Oh yeah, and
1: we forgot to answer the question. Would this movie be better with the Green Knight in it?
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, hell yeah. Hell yeah, I'm gonna say.
1: Uh yes. Yes. Yes, it would be better. I'm trying to think of where he would i I, I
0: think you would want to hold him back until the ending, actually. Yeah. I totally. think him appearing in the final scene would take this movie to just a whole other level that would be very thrilling.
1: Yeah, w- how crazy would it be? Yeah, he shows up as one of like the people in the factory, in the warehouse or like, at the Or end. like,
0: actually, the ending plays out the way it did in, in, in the final cut, where he kills the big bad guy or the guy we think is the big bad guy. But right. then the Green Knight shows up. Yeah. And it's and like, all of this, killed. none of this mattered compared to the... <laughs> to the trial I'm about to (laughs) the challenge I'm about to, uh, to, to give you
1: a Christmas game.
0: Yes. (laughs) Um, that's right. That's the true question. So you would beam this up. Do you remember, have we reviewed any of the John wick movies on this podcast? And did you beam them up? I think we did three. Did we beam it up? No. So you wouldn't beam up John Wick 3 We should keep us. Nobody.
1: Um, I think this is like put it this way by that movie by John Wick 3 like mm-hmm. I feel like
0: it wasn't as special.
1: It's he's not even like a character or like a real person by that mm-hmm. point. He's like a minor deity, right? Mm-hmm. Um can't be killed. <laughs> um yeah. and it's he's not He's he's
0: the Baba Yaga. Baba Yaga.
1: Right, right. It's he's just um It's just action sequences, you know, and Mm -hmm. they're very good. But like this honestly felt like a movie, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like it felt like (laughs) like it felt like, oh, yeah, I I am interested in what's going on in Hutch Mansell's brain and I'm interested Mm -hmm. in what's going to happen to him and his family. And I think it's got humor and an interesting script and um, great action and, you know, like and has some like we talked about some of the themes like i think something it was like a little more difficult than i Mm -hmm. expected Mm -hmm. it to be right and i think it knows that it's a little bit like i read it as it knows it's a little bit difficult right it knows it's like sort of taking an unusual stance here right yeah um so i really liked it i was like i feel like it's been a long time since i saw an action movie this good you know um yeah so i was so i was really energized by it
0: all right all right well i'm glad you beam it up i don't know what we do with that i i can't remember i think we do beam it up if one of us has to beam it up so is you that go right for it, adam i think so
1: there we go it's enjoy on.
0: astronaut enjoy nobody okay well we did it we reviewed another movie an hour and a half <laughs> It's sort of our going rate these days. Yeah. Uh, Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, And I guess next time we'll be doing Die Hard is what it sounds like we agreed to. (laughs) Oh Yes. This is going to be great. Um, Are you going to watch it again or are you just going to go from memory?
1: Oh, yeah. I'll watch it again. I'll I'll pull out the Blu-ray. I've got it ready to go.
0: All right. right. Well, I'll watch it for the first time.
1: Okay. Well, uh, okay. I'm Adam.
0: I'm Dan. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.